you can have an insurance policy, you can be covered, but that doesn't translate to care. Hello comrades, I'm Quinn Peterson and this is the Payer Revolution Podcast, where it's my job to persuade and equip the leaders of American companies to take control of their employee health care plans and reform the healthcare system as a side effect. My guest for this episode is Scott Huff, MD. He was trained in family practice and preventative medicine and is a board certified anesthesiologist, now the founder of Epic Surgical, a new ambulatory surgical center with locations in Northern Utah and a new business model that provides huge savings for employers. Dr. Huff is passionate about patient care and healthcare savings and really one of the inspirations of this podcast. So I'm super excited to sit down with him in person, six feet apart, and hear his story. Dr. Huff, welcome. Thanks, Quinn, for having me. <laughs> it's my pleasure. You know, I've really been excited to sit down and talk with you because you've got so much experience. You've come at this from various angles, healthcare, as a business owner yourself, and uh, as an anesthesiologist, deep deeply embedded in our healthcare system. So there's a question I like to ask every person who's on the podcast, and that is, why do you think that paying attention to the employee medical health plan is worth the considerable time and attention that that requires? As a employer, you're, you should be concerned because with the rising cost of healthcare, particularly surgical care, any money that you can save will add a value to your business in savings allow you to perhaps hire more people. Um, with the rising cost of healthcare, deductibles, co-pays, we see this specifically in surgical care, that which <clears throat> constitutes about 70% of every dollar spent in healthcare. That's, which should tell you you could have a huge savings um, on that side of the, of the equation. So it's beneficial mainly because the savings you can achieve by partnering with a healthcare site such as Epic Surgical, that's promoting a healthcare savings, true savings, while delivering uh, excellent quality of care. Yeah, well, thank you. So one of the things that struck me when I first met you was this assertion. You used to say, a health plan is not health care. Can you go into that a little bit more? What do you mean by that? Well, when I first started you know, researching healthcare plans, and then of course with the Affordable Care Act, better known as Obamacare, I wanted to know really more about it and try to understand it. And what I came to understand through my research is that you can have an insurance policy, you can be covered, but that doesn't translate to care. The fine line or the fine print that most people don't read is how much does that cost me per month to have coverage? How much I'm going to have to pay out of pocket before I get care? And so that's the big division right there. It's understanding that I have a healthcare plan. I will have coverage at some point. Most people think that if I have healthcare, I'm gonna be covered. I don't have to worry about anything else. It's far, far, far from the truth. So what I mean by that is you can have a plan, but can you afford the care? Yeah, you know, when you said that to me, I had never thought about it before and it was so really helpful when I ended up going out to find my own plan for myself. And, uh, and I was able to keep this in mind and realize, oh my gosh, this plan that I'm being presented is going to cost me $17,000 before it kicks in a dime. So yeah, it's a plan, but it's not care and it's not payment for care. When people try and take on medical costs, they often start with primary care. And you've been in that world. And now you're here in the surgical world. 
tell us why, what are you thinking about as far as the cost of surgical care versus addressing uh, healthcare costs at the primary care level? The, the primary, at the primary care level, you're, you're the gatekeepers. You see, you have the first encounter with your family doc and usually you go in there with a problem and to find out what that problem may or may not be, you can get in and out for an office copay, usually $25. Um, some plans don't allow you to get that $25 office visit to you've met a deductible. So it's never free uh, for the most part. And so <clears throat> the, the encounter you have with your family practice doc, depending on what health problems you may have, it has a lot to do, to do with the coding that that doc physician will do. Um, if it's just a basic encounter for a reasonably healthy person, maybe the, the visit's a $200, $250 charge to your insurance company. Once he's determined that, oh, this is something I don't do, I'm not a surgeon, this is a surgical issue, let me send you out to a surgeon that I, I may, may or may not know well. And so that person gets channeled into a surgeon's office. That's where the big costs start to incur. The basic encounter or visit for a specialist is more expensive. And if they determine you need surgery, that's where we get back into how many pennies are, are spent on healthcare out of each dollar that goes into any healthcare, no matter where you, you seem to channel or look at. So whereas they may be one or two pennies in the primary care level, you're talking about 70 cents of every dollar spent on surgical care. And so that's where the biggest cost is, that's where the biggest savings can be if you look for it in the right place. It's really interesting to me that people have focused on getting the primary care physician as efficient as possible and making sure that that primary care physician is seeing eight patients an hour or four patients an hour or whatever, because it really does feel like we're saving pennies to spend dollars. Well, the idea behind making them more efficient was, tr was trying to get people to get ahead of the game, to identify problems before there's a problem. And they, would they were hoping that, oh, this will save us expenditures down the road in other healthcare specialties. You know, if we can say, well, let's keep a check on your blood pressure, your diabetes, all those things are good. Mm -hmm. But if you have a gallbladder that goes bad, it doesn't matter how many times you went to the family practice doc. If your gallbladder goes out, it's gotta come out. If your appendix ruptures, it's gotta come out. Those are not foreseeable expenditures going to a family practice doctor. Okay, they're there for routine maintenance. So, yes, they've made them more efficient. We thought maybe if people had regular checkups, they would be healthier. It just hasn't happened yet. Yeah, and it's interesting too. It strikes me when I watch my general practitioner, you know, he is so harried because he's got to get through all of these patients that he really hasn't got the time to manage the care, quote unquote, to make sure that the payers are getting the best benefit. Uh, are getting cost-effective benefit. He's just too swamped to, to really do anything other than check you out and write your prescriptions. Well, what I've found recently is there, there's no longer the, the family practice doc that, that looks at you as a, from a systemic approach and says, I want to make sure this patient is healthy. So if you go in there for your annual checkup, very little hands-on anymore. It's all, let's get your labs, let's see if we identify a problem. I don't see any problem with your labs, you look good, whatever. You can miss a lot of things that way. That's cut the cost quite a bit. I know personally, for my, my family physician, for my wife and I, if we need to go see him, they wanna know what the problem is. That's great, but if I have three problems, if I don't identify them, 
when I go in, he's only got time for one one problem for that encounter. So it's it's a little bit different than it used to be. So the family practice doc, you're going to go in. You might have, as an employee, you might have a twenty twenty five dollar copay, and as the payer, as the employer, you're going to be on the hook for. 120, 150, 200 dollars for that encounter. But for a surgical visit, the employee is going to be on the hook for their deductible, 2,000, 3,000 dollars, and you, as the payer, are going to be on the hook for 30,000 dollars, or, or whatever it, it's going to be. How did you come to this realization that the place to really address the cost of healthcare is in the surgery center or in the operating room rather than in the general practitioner's procedure room? It actually came to me while I was performing anesthesiology for a surgical case, and I'd done multiples of these type of cases throughout the day, and I got to thinking to myself, why are we doing this case in such a high-cost environment when this could be safely migrated to a different environment at much less cost? So there's a lot of things that you look at as far as high-cost yeah, what is a high-cost environment? What does that mean? I'll say the location, an, an operating room in a major hospital or a hospital-owned surgical center. They have a lot of employees. They have a lot of benefits for those employees. They're usually large edifices. They cost a lot of money to build. So there's a huge amount of overhead that has to get paid for, and they still have to make a profit. So most of the procedures, barring neurological, heart, transplant, those things that would always be done in a tertiary care center, can be safely migrated out of a hospital room, OR, operating room, to a lower cost environment. And so what I thought was, if we could recreate the safety of an operating room in a lower cost environment, what would that do to healthcare? And so I said to the surgeon, why are we doing this here? And he said back to me, well, why don't we do it in my office? In that particular case, we could have done all those cases in the office under sedation. Uh, not every case can be done with sedation, but we can migrate to a lower cost uh, care environment, such as Epic Surgical Center, for example. We have the staff that we need. We have everything that you would find in the finest hospital. We have surgeons that are at the top of, the, at the, of their game, so to speak, well-known, popular, all board certified. They come here, we're all working together, rowing in the same direction to deliver high quality care at a reduced price in a reduced cost environment. It doesn't, you know, just because we don't charge as much doesn't mean that we can't deliver the same quality care. I've proved that we could do it and we've been doing it. So what is it that makes a surgery room, an operating room, what is it that makes that safe that you then need to be aware of when you do it in a not in a hospital operating room? Well, you, first you need the same qualified providers you would have at a higher cost environment. Number one, I'm an anesthesiologist. I want a board certified uh, anesthesia provider to give me my anesthesia and to make sure that I stay um, stable during my procedure. I wake up comfortable. Um, so there's the human factor and then there's, we'll call it the equipment factor. We have every instrument that you'd find in a hospital we have all the latest microscopes, anything that you would need to do just about every surgery that's done in a hospital we can do here. As I said before, not heart transplants, not heart surgery, not brain surgery, but we can certainly accomplish the rest of them in a, in a safe atmosphere. We also have 
uh, our HVAC system. We have one under flows, we have HEPA filtration. We're absolutely a very clean and sterile environment. We don't have sick people that have surgery at our surgical center. And you don't encounter sick patients in our waiting room. They're just waiting to get seen in the ER or go up to the floor of a hospital to be admitted. So it's a sterile environment. It's a safe environment with qualified personnel. So since Epic has this, has this, the same people and the same equipment, what is it that is making the difference between the high cost environment and, and the Epic environment, which is lower cost, but it sounds like it's the same thing. Again, if you look at overhead um, at major hospital, anyone close to us, the number of departments and employees that they have that are doing jobs that have nothing to do with your health care, but they have a direct cost to your, your health care cost. We don't have that here. We cut out what you might want to call the fat. We have the people that are essential to your care, and that's it. So you're sitting in a, in a hospital operating room wondering, why are we doing this here? What, what, do you recall what year that was? Uh, 2010, 2009. 2009. And so here we are in 2021. How did that realization in that operating room get us over the last 11 years to now we're sitting in an ambulatory surgical center with the walls and the laminar flows and the, the, all of the equipment and stuff. How do we get from there to here? And by the way, if you could just tell us what an ambulatory surgical center is for those who don't know. Well, first of all, ambulatory surgical center means you come that day, you leave that day. So you're not going to be admitted as an inpatient, which greatly increases the cost also. Um, there are several cases that if you went today and had done at the hospital, you could get admitted overnight and that would increase the cost of your care for that visit. <clears throat> and all those things come into play when you're looking at deductibles, coinsurance, and max out of pocket, plus all the ancillary services that you receive there. If you look at an itemized bill that you might receive, you see with the food that you were given for your dinner, you would think that you went to Ruth's Chris, <laughs> but you certainly you would know that that's not the meal that you received. Okay, would not be quite that good. Um, having defined them, what an ambulatory surgical center is, I mean, you go and have surgery that day, you're healthy enough to have that done and go home. The, the gap between 2021 and 2009, we'll say, took me a few months to consider where would I do this? I'm, I'm sitting in an operating room. I don't own the hospital. I don't own a surgery center at this point. My first thought was every surgeon, for the most part, has a procedure room. Could we migrate certain CPT codes at that point? And tell us what a CPT code is. It's, it's the code that you use to identify the surgery you're going to do. So let's say it was a, a vasectomy reversal 55502. I know that that's what that procedure is. I know what I have to have for it. I know what physician I would need, what surgeon, anesthesia. And of course, we would have a tech and a nurse, a nurse that would help us with that. But I said, what can we do? in a lower cost environment right away if we recreated the operating room environment, i.e. if I had the anesthesia equipment that makes it safe, if I had all my monitors, if I had a crash cart for what we call a code that we could take care of any problem that I could take care of in the hospital and make it just as safe. Now, certainly at, in the office setting, not everything could be done, but we identified a few hundred that we could do within several specialties. Now, it was a novel idea, it was disruptive, it was a huge savings, 
uh, we went to every commercial payer. When I say commercial payer, I mean Regents, Blue Cross Blue Shield, United Healthcare, Aetna, Altius, PHP, all the major payers. And we said, look, we can save you a lot of money. Everyone says, that's great. Let's, we gotta, let's do it. Then you run into the problem that for them to contract with you, they have to check boxes. At the time, there was no accreditation from CMS for Medicare, Medicaid, that they could check for their contracting purposes. There is today. We worked on that for, I think, three plus years. Now there is finally one, but in between that time, as we kept providing services throughout the Intermountain West from Logan to St. George, we were able to save many, many, many patients a lot of money. It was very efficient for the surgeon. And as I stated before, <clears throat> it was somewhat disruptive. It's new. People don't like change, including the payers. The system's not broke. Let's don't fix it. No, the system is broke. And what's broke about it, or broken, is it's too expensive and people just can't afford it. So if they weren't ready for that, they were ready for a traditional surgery center, they understand it, we can get it accredited, we can get it licensed, and we can have the same business model, the same saving structure as we did in a mobile type environment. So that's how that came about. But with everything takes time, and even building Epic, when we were finished, we were ready to get the accreditation, and COVID-19 comes on board. Put us about nine months behind, but nevertheless, we're not giving up. We continue to move forward, offering that savings that we set out to offer. So it sounds like this was an idea that was, it was an idea that was literally ahead of its time. They weren't ready for it. Yeah. You know, Do you we think hear, they're ready for it now? I mean, obviously not, since you've built here an um, actual surgical center. The jury's still out. They, the feedback is yes, but when it really comes down to saving money, I'm not so sure that that's the primary goal of the payers uh, because we've laid it out as clearly as you can that we can perform the identical surgeries. I think we have 294 listed surgeries for multiple specialties that offer 50 to 60% savings over hospital operating room or hospital-owned ASC. One would think that they would jump all over that but they don't jump immediately. They want to do an analysis and it just takes time. Tell us how you see this center working with our target audience, these people who are the owners and the leaders of American businesses. How does, it, how does this, what you're doing here, help them? Well, I think as we, we look at the shift in the healthcare market and the trends that we're seeing today, we'll just continue to trend upward. And that is more larger mid-sized employers are looking for a change they're looking for a savings no one else has offered them that savings they may say we'll underwrite your plan and you're getting a small discount compared to someone that's not on that plan but it's not as it's not as good as they could do we're there to say we're doing as good as that can be done in our in our current environment. So if you own a, a large business and you have employees and you're covering their health care costs, why would you not want to contract with a partner like Epic Surgical where our costs are lower, our prices are transparent, 
the price we give you is all you pay. There's no balance billing. There's no surprise charges. We're not giving you uh, bills six months down the road. You don't have to worry about it. Again, it's not through the traditional route. But if you want to see the savings, true savings, then you would contract with Epic Surgical as a partner. For any of your employees that need surgery, you cannot beat our prices. You can't beat the quality of care, um, but you can sure save money. Do you have a couple of examples that you might give for like a, a real live case that people can wrap their heads around? You've got some self-funded employers who are sending their employees here. How is that helping them? Lay, lay out the steps for them as far as how the employer and Epic and the employee interact to save the employer money. I'm, I'm going to give you one specific example. Let's say we have a, an employer that has employees that do a lot of lifting. Um, they tend to have back problems and hernia problems. Let's take the hernia, for example, first. At Epic, you can get, have your hernia repaired with a board-certified surgeon, board-certified anesthesiologist, a nurse in the room, and a surgical technician in the room. Your implant, which is actually a surgical mesh, for $4,590. That includes everything. Once that's paid, there are no further payments. It's paid for. If you go to any major hospital, and I've checked this out very, very closely, and some of our surgeons work at those hospitals, so we know what they cost. Their cash price is between $8,900 and $9,200. That's just the facility charge. You can add another $1,200 on for the surgeon and six to $800 for the anesthesiologist. So if you're an employee and you're covering that cost, it's, it's very easy to see that if you looked over a year and took a snapshot of every employee you paid for to have a surgery, what it costs there versus Epic, you would see that huge savings. Over time, that makes a big difference. It allows you to grow your business bigger. It allows you to hire more people. So if you can better budget what your healthcare costs are going to really be and not this guess of what you think they might be, why wouldn't you do it? So you're charging prices that are half the cost, at least, of area hospitals. Isn't that an extreme discount? Why aren't you just charging 20% of the cost? How do you explain or think about how much less you're charging employers? Our surgical model is meant to help people, not just employers, but the employee. And that's a big burden to folks to have to pay for anything out of pocket. And the, if we can set our prices based on what it costs to do it with an appropriate prof profit margin on top of that, there's no need to gouge. So we can save people money, we can still make money. We're just not gouging any anyone. So over time, it's based on volume. You know, the more we do, we will make money, but we're not trying to uh, win the lottery with every patient that comes through our door. Uh, I believe you have employers who are actually covering the entire cost. There is no co-pays, there's no deductibles for their employees who come to Epic. And that's going to be huge for the employee. We, we are such a savings that if they, they, meaning the employee, will come to this center, Epic Surgical, then the employer will make that agreement to, to cover the whole cost because we still save them so much money that they're happy to pay for all of it. Let's take it for an example, a total knee replacement. 
uh, very expensive procedure here in Utah or in any state. You could be billed anywhere from $69,000 to $78,000. What they would actually pay, $46,000, $48,000. We're under $18,000 for that same procedure. We're still making profit on that case, but look at the savings between $18,000 and $48,000. That's a lot of money. So if the employer says, hey, I want to take care of you, if you go here and they we get our savings on our end, you'll get great care, but you won't have to pay for any of it. We'll cover all of it. And that's really what I think a lot of employers were wanting to do in the first place, is take care of their employees. They actually do value them. They want to take care of them. They want their employees to be healthy and happy and productive. And uh, yeah, so that, that's a great model. Well, there's one last question that I want to ask everybody uh, as we have these interviews. And that is, what is one step that a business leader can take today to make a difference in their budget or just to change the way they relate to this problem of their employee health care? I think that asking yourself the question, is this the best we can do with our health insurance benefits for our, our, our company, our employees? Because the easiest thing to do is listen to um, a broker trying to sell you a plan and you know you want coverage. You're a busy person. Take five extra minutes and say, does the Epic Surgical model make sense for our business? Because the answer to that question is absolutely. If you'll just consider what you're spending annually, you're paying a premium to have them covered. You're paying a lot more to get the care done. That's where we come in and offer that huge savings. And so that's it in a nutshell. Take five extra minutes and think about it. So going back to where we started, a health plan is not health care. I'm going to pay for this health care plan. Am I actually buying health care? And the answer is still no. <laughs> you have access, yeah. but that access will cost you, cost you an addition to that premium. And that addition to that premium can be very expensive. That's where we're offering that savings. Well, thanks, Dr. Huff. It has been great talking with you. I uh, love what we're doing here at Epic Surgical. I will post show notes that have links to the things we've talked about today. We'll talk about Epic Surgical Center. We'll talk about uh, how a health plan is not health care. And all of that will be on the website posted every Tuesday. And until next time, Viva la Revolucion! <laughs>